Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Morning, it's 8.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene, Economic Indicators. Brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Well, the one number we have out this morning is the import price index, down three-tenths of a percent. Last month it was down one percent. And uh, so that is, I guess, something of an improvement. The import price index year over year down 6.1%. Our neighbors north of the border are reporting their jobs figures, and it is not good news. Canada loses 2,300 jobs in February. The jobless rate climbs to 7.3%. Yeah, but that was just the NHL teams up there trading all their players out because <laughs> yeah, they're all in last place. They wait until after the uh, trading deadline to uh, put these figures out. I mean, Dale Weiss went from Montreal to Chicago Blackhawks. That directly affects Canada's yeah, jobless Yeah, the labor force rate. falls and <laughs> the jobless rate climbs. Might now also have something to do with Earl prices, as they would say out west. Mm. Um, but anyway, not good news uh, for yeah. Canada. Scott Brown is with us. He is a senior vice president, chief economist at Raymond James Associates. He's down in um, the Tampa area, I believe. And, uh, yeah. We, we, we talked to him, I think, last about the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, we did. Scott, I just want to jump in here. I know we want to get to Draghi and all that. Why do I care about import price indexes? John Writing at RDQ makes a big deal about this. Why does Scott Brown care about import prices? Well, it's one part of the overall inflation outlook. Um, we've seen, obviously, a strong dollar, uh, substantial weakness in commodity prices, particularly energy, um, and that has a, a mixed in, uh, effect on the economy. It's especially beneficial to consumers because that means uh, the price of goods are, are going to be a lot lower, um, and particularly the drop of gasoline, that leaves them, uh, your typical consumer, with uh, more money to spend on other things. So uh, that's very, uh, you know, very much a po- uh, positive. But we're also seeing downward pressure on export prices. Uh, you know, For the U.S., we export a lot of raw materials. We export a lot of, uh, of farm products, and those prices have, have been down pretty substantially year over year. Um, that may change, uh, since much of that is based on the weather. We were talking uh, yesterday about that with Dennis Garvin, who sees uh, higher prices for soft commodities. If we start getting, uh, we start getting uh, higher prices, how does that affect us? Well, the, this should uh, bottom out. In fact, I think the, the Fed policymakers anticipate that uh, you know we'll see at least some stabilization, if not improvement. And we've already seen oil prices rebound. We're now uh, at thirty-eight dollars uh, for uh, WTI. Uh, that uh, you know certainly trending higher. Uh, so maybe things have turned. Um, you know, we mentioned the stronger dollar, uh, particularly if you look at the first couple of months of this year, we had a, you know, even a further gain in the dollar versus our two key trading partners, Canada and Mexico. That now has turned the corner and started to, to move the other way. Very often you'll see currencies overshooting in one direction and then eventually correction, uh, correcting. So I think that's where we are now. It's, uh, you know, at some point people are going to start looking at emerging economies and not be so fearful. Maybe the capital starts flowing, you know, back out of the U.S. towards these emerging economies. Getting that timing is going to be pretty difficult, but, you know, it may have already started. 
When I look at global GDP on a Friday, and of course after all the festivities of yesterday as well, one of the clarion emotions of this first quarter is Citigroup's call of global recession and the gaming of the probability in that. The backdrop of this is the U.S. does okay. England does okay. Ireland, I believe, showed great numbers yesterday. Many have mentioned Spain as well. What is the likelihood, Scott Brown, now of global recession? Well, I think we're relatively close. I mean, if you look at the old really? IMF yeah. definition, 3% global growth used to be uh, considered a global recession, and that is because a lot of these emerging economies normally are going to be growing a lot faster. It's a little bit less than 3% now, and that's because you, you have to account for the, the population growth slowing down. So, you know, we're, 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 you know, relatively soft. I mean, that's, that's no surprise. Um, I think there's, Really, an over obsession with this uh, with our word. Um, you know, I've been getting calls almost daily. Are we heading into a recession? Yeah. I got a piece last week about the you know, how you determine whether we are one in in a recession, what the indicators are, um, and the, the fear is that we're going to end up talking ourselves into one, and and that's really I think the dominant factor this year. Well, in the financial but Mike, market. one of the great observations, which I think Michael McKee you brought up this week for Scott Brown, is the exit polls from the Michigan primary. And how people feel about Scott Brown's American economy. Yeah, the amazing thing is eight of ten voters in Mississippi are very concerned about the state of the economy, which is is different from what you hear from people like Scott Brown. Well, it's exactly the true, and in, in this sort of political environment as well. I mean, you've got one side who, you know, this has to be a terrible economy because you want to see the White House switch parties. You're going to hear that rhetoric. Um, and for most people, granted, I mean, you know, they they do not feel much of a, of a recovery here. Um, you know, this has been uh, really a, a very slow going for the middle class, not just during this recovery, but over the last 10 or 20 years. And, and I think you're seeing that in evidence in, in who people are supporting. They feel like the right. establishment, both Republican and Democrat, have really kind of left them behind. Well, very quickly here, Scott Brown, was Mario Draghi's work yesterday not less about economics, but was there a tinge of politics to it as well? Uh, I didn't get that sense at all. I think, um, you know, the, the ECB had disappointed investors in December by not, not doing enough. Uh, and then yesterday they, they pulled out not just a bazooka, but all the bazookas and fired them all off at once. But the ironic thing is Draghi ended up snatching defeat from the jaws of victory by, you know, hinting that, you know, they're very unlikely to do much more uh, right away. I think the markets have kind of, you know, geared to this sort of, you know, opiate of, of easier monetary policy yeah. and, and and if they don't get it, they're going to go through uh, withdrawals. Scott Brown with us, uh, with Raymond James. Love to have him on. He took his degree at San Diego under the laureates Engel and Granger. That is really cool. Scott Brown will continue uh, with us. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Hi, Tom. Thank you very much. Nancy Reagan's two children will give remarks at today's funeral for the former First Lady. Nancy Reagan will be buried at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California, next to her husband. Four of the five living former First Ladies will also attend today's funeral. It was a civil debate among Republican presidential candidates last night, free of insults and shouting. The candidates discussed several issues, including Social Security and Muslims. This morning, Marco Rubio told ABC News that Donald Trump nomination is not guaranteed. 
Traditionally, if anybody else would be in the position that Donald is in, everyone would be out there telling the rest of us, you need to get out and rally around him. It's not happening for one simple reason. The, the majority, almost two-thirds of Republicans, do not want Donald Trump to be our nominee. One of the busiest rail systems in the nation could come to a grinding halt. A weekend strike deadline looms with New Jersey Transit Union workers, union leaders, and New Jersey Transit have been meeting, hoping to avert a strike early Sunday morning. Issues on the table include wages and health care. Union workers have been without a contract for almost five years. A strike means major commuting problems in and out of New York City. Traffic experts say a strike could mean backups of 20 miles or more at the already busy Lincoln and Holland Tunnels. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stasha. Thanks, Mike. We'll find out Sunday the NCAA tournament field. The New York area should be well represented with Iona and Fairleigh Dickinson already assured of spots. Stony Brook can gain entry for the first time ever with a win at home tomorrow over Vermont. The America East final starts at 11 in the morning. Monmouth may get in at large bid, and Seton Hall will almost certainly get one of the Pirates to speak Creighton. 81-73 Big East quarterfinals at the Garden. They'll play Xavier tonight. Fordham lost to Richmond. 70-55 to at the Atlantic 10 tourney in Brooklyn. And Rutgers just went 7-25 and inspired Coach Eddie Jordan. Hockey Devils won 3-0 at San Jose. The shutout for Keith Kincaid. NBA, the last ever meeting between Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Kobe actually outscored LeBron, but the Cavs beat the Lakers 120-108. to There has not been an NBA Finals without Kobe or LeBron since 2006. Aroldis Chapman will begin the season suspended, but he can pitch in spring training. Made his Yankee debut, got two outs, but walked two and hit two. Noah Syndergaard sharp for the Mets, three scoreless innings. The Jets have added another running back, Kyrie Robinson, who broke his leg last season in New Orleans. They also re-signed Bilal Powell, who came on strong at the end of 2015. Another new giant linebacker, Keenan Robinson, signed away from Washington with the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. I'm John Stashek. John, that was great. Walk two, hit two. Shades of Bull Durham uh, there yesterday in spring uh, training. I believe they probably had a conversation after the uh, it's, trip to the mountain. It's spring training. <laughs> We're, it's spring. It's been lovely in New York. Um, you know, it's, it's gorgeous. It's time to think about baseball. The average temperature in March, I looked it up, is 48 degrees, and we're uh, well above that. doing uh, better than that. The Russian ruble just broke 70. It is 69.82. The Russian ruble has appreciated 15.5%, rounded to 15%. Uh, percent. Mr. Putin feeling a little bit wealthier on this Friday morning. Futures up 16. Stay with us. Michael McKee and Tom Keene with Scott Brown and Raymond James. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Flushing Bank. Open a complete business checking account with $15,000 or more and get a free 16-gig Wi-Fi tablet. Visit FlushingBank.com for details. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.